Hello and welcome to the RBC Ross Trevor Campus Sermon Podcast. Our mission here is loving God, loving people and seeing lives change. At RBC, our heart is to build a Jesus-centered community, to see lives changed in multiple languages and locations. We hope you enjoyed this message from one of our weekend services. To find out more about us, please visit our website, rbc.org.au. Thanks, team. Welcome to Ross Trevor. If, this is, uh, if you're visiting tonight or if uh, this is your first time here, my name's Jacob. Um, I'm just one of the people that go here. Um, and we're just so glad to have you here tonight. We're doing a sermon series on belonging at the moment and what it means to be part of the family of God, uh, both in the wider world, but here in Ross Trevor as well. And so um, I'm going to put that away because I keep knocking it. Um, and yeah, we're just so glad that we can have you here as part of our family, um, whether it's at the start of that journey or just a visit or um, whether you're regularly part of our family. It's so great to have you here. Uh, in in light of that, we have a lot of news happening in our family, so we just want to uh, let you know of a couple of things that have gone on this week. The first is really exciting. Uh, we have a new member of our family at Ross Trevor. Uh, we have Tommy uh, Daniel Broderick Beasy was born on Thursday morning. Um, I forget the specific weight. I think there's a photo of him, if we can grab that one up. Um, but he was about eight pounds, I think, which is big, I guess. Um, but look at him, he's pretty sweet. Uh, Mum and Dad are doing great. They're, they're both really excited, and, and we're so excited with them. We can't wait to meet um, Tommy when, when Dan and Ellie are back. They're going to be away for the next five to six weeks, and so we just want to give them some space and some time to settle in as a family and um, to adjust, because uh, that will be a big adjustment for them. Um, but at the same time, we just want to keep thinking about them and praying for them and um, just blessing them in this uh, in this challenging and and exciting and different time for them. So keep them in in your thoughts and in your prayers. I think there's an initiative being um, organized. Daryl might be able to, if you, give us a wave, Daryl. Daryl might be able to give you a hand. If you want to leave a note for the Beezies, have a talk to Daryl and he can point you in the right direction that way. Um, Yes, that's really exciting to have a new member of our family here. Some other things going on uh, next week. Uh, Isaac is preaching, which is really exciting. Um, so this is Isaac's first sermon, uh, first of many, we hope. But we just want to let you know that it's going to be a bit different. Um, it's not going to be in here. We're going to be doing our night church in the cafe. And so that's really, uh, it's something different. It's something new. It's something exciting. And um, yeah, we just want to keep challenging how we view God and how we view church and the way we worship him every week. So we're really excited to um, take part in that that service next week. Uh, some other exciting news, uh, Easter camp is coming up, so if you're in, in a youth age, so that's year 7 to year 12, there's two camps, so um, the year 7s to the year 10s are going uh, on, on one camp, and the year 11s and 12s are going on another camp, so that's going to be a bit different this year, um, but just as fun and just as exciting. Um, so if you want more information about that, go see John, uh, he'd love to point you in the right direction. Leaders Rego is closed, uh, so sorry young adults, but Youth Rego is still open um, and it'd be great to have as many Ross Trevor youth there as possible because um, it's such a great event. I've done nine in a row, I did nine in a row or something um, as a camper and as a leader and um, it's one of my favourite parts of Easter. So uh, yeah, if you're interested, please be sure to see John about that. 
For any other news, uh, head to thehub.rbc.org.au, I believe. Is, is that right? Okay, that's the one. Uh, you can get news, you can, uh, you can give, you can um, see what's going on in the life of the church. Uh, so that's the place to go um, to, to see what's happening. So we, uh, we like to be a church that, uh, that, is, that is generous. We, we believe that Jesus calls us to live lives as generous people um, in the way that we care, in the way that we love, in the way that we serve but also in the way that, that we give. And so at Ross Trevor, we take up an offering um, here. And so there's a few different ways to do that. Uh, you can set up uh, that online. Um, there's the details there. You can also text GIVE to that phone number that's on there. If you've brought cash as well, uh, there are boxes at the back of the aisles um, where you can, we can put that in. Those boxes are also great for submitting uh, prayer requests or, or any requests for care um, that you might need. So if that's something that you'd like to um, take up, then that would be, that, that's the place to go for that. Apart from that, we're, we're, we're going to um, head straight into the sermon from here. So I just want to take this time to pray. Um, Mick's going to be preaching, and so we just want to pray for out the offering, the life of the church, and uh, for Mick as she comes to preach. So um, if you could join me in prayer, that would be great. Father God, we thank you for the family that we have here at Ross Trevor. We thank you for the new addition of, of, of Tommy Beasy. We thank you for the blessing he's been to his parents already. Uh, we thank you for the blessing that he will continue to be. And we just pray that you will have your hand over him um, in, in these very early stages of his life, that you'll be protecting him and caring for him and caring for his parents as they, um, as they navigate this new and exciting time together. Just pray that in these moments he may experience your love um, through his parents and, and, and just through a supernatural power in you, God. Father, I pray for our giving here at Ross Trevor. I just pray that it can be a, an act of worship from us as a church, that we can um, submit to you with everything, give ourselves as a living sacrifice so we may know your true and perfect will. Father, we just pray for Mick as she comes to lead us through our first sermon in this series on belonging. I pray that you can make our hearts soft to the message that you want to preach here tonight. You'll be speaking through her and that your spirit will be with her to lead her, that we might see you afresh and see you anew in the scriptures. We pray, Father, that you would be glorified in all things. We pray these in your mighty and powerful name. Amen. Thank you. Well, hello, everyone. How's everyone going? Good. That was a bit of a different start to the church service. I really enjoyed that. I want to um, add my thanks to Jacob, to the worship team for putting that together, and for John. I know that that um, takes a lot of work to put that together, so we really want to thank you for that. And, um, yeah, we're really excited to see where the rest of the night is going to go. Well... As Jacob said, my name is Michaela and I have um, the privilege today of launching our new series for the month of March. We're calling March Membership March, um, in which we as a church are going to go deeper into the word, into the intention and the calling behind membership and what that means to build kingdom-building families and kingdom-building communities and to create a space essentially where people can love God and experience belonging in the church environment. Because that's actually God's intention. God is actually seeking to equip us as his people with the power and the message of the gospel to go out into this world and to build those communities that reflect the kingdom that Jesus speaks about. 
to invite all these people from all different spaces, regions, parts of the world to join into the experience of a true relationship with Jesus and to know true belonging in that space as well. And isn't that good news for the world that we find today, for the society and the culture that we're a part of right now in this day and age? You know, the reality is that our society is wrestling with these questions. These questions, do I belong? Am I loved? Does anyone love me? Why do I feel so lonely? These are real questions that real people are asking in our time and in this culture. And so throughout the next five weeks, as a community of people of different ethnicities, different languages, different cultural backgrounds all different ages and genders, online and in person, we're going to be seeing what God has to say about this and how he's calling us as his followers to speak and to act and to care for people in this, so- in this socially and culturally turbulent time. So would you pray with me before I open up the scriptures? King Jesus, we are so thankful for your ways and your words and your works. We thank you for the life that you lived and for the example that you've given us as followers to show us how to love for people and invite people, to accept people and to show them your love and to create in them a sense of belonging. And I pray, Jesus, as a community, as we come through this next series of membership, I pray, Lord, that you would keep our hearts soft and our ears open to the places and the spaces that you might be challenging us to push in further. And so I pray, as I open up the word today, and as I look at scriptures, I pray that you would bless me and anoint the words that I speak, and anything that's not from you, Lord, anything that doesn't align with your word, would it simply pass by? And would your name be glorified, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So when I was in year 12, which was a good six years ago, which is actually like really freaky for me to say, I studied psychology, and I loved it. I loved learning about personalities and different developmental theories and learning and cognitive theories. And I loved psychology because I guess at its core, its desire is to seek to understand the why behind so many of the questions that we might have of ourselves and of the things that we see in our greater communities. And so as we were learning about this huge array of different theories, going from sleep theories all the way through to personality theories, The name Abraham Maslow popped back up into my mind. And he was an American psychologist who sort of put together a proposition um, about different psychosocial development theories. And his is called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. And his theory sort of looks around what motivates an individual to achieve things and accomplish goals. And it's still one of the theories taught to this day. Although it's been refined a little bit, and it's been changed a little bit in more modern times, it's still the foundation by which a lot of other theories are based. And if you look at the screen behind me, you'll see what this hierarchy looks like. Essentially, it is a pyramid, starting with our basic physiological needs and going up to the top tier, which is called self-actualization, which is essentially a fancy word for goal setting and accomplishing and setting out goals to make this world a better place. And so his theory says that for us to reach the top tier, we need to have different elements of each hierarchy of need. And so aside from the very basic needs such as air and water and food and shelter and safety, love and belonging is an essential need, a fundamental need that we all have. And it's not just this need to feel loved and to feel a sense of belonging, but it's to go a step further and to actually extend that into the relationships that we have in the community, in our own personal relationships with one another. 
And so if we zoom out from this one theory, it's widely researched and believed that love and belonging is believed to be one of, if not the most essential aspect of our cognitive and our social and our emotional development and sense of self. And so this is what the world of science and psychology has come to understand in the past hundred-ish years, which only further reinforces the words that we hear God say to his new creation in Genesis chapter 2, where he says, it's not good for man to be alone, so I will make for him a helper. And so we can see from the very beginning that God has created in us, in his creation, a desire and a need to belong and to be in relationship with one another. Otherwise, he wouldn't say the words, it's good, not good for man to be alone. We were built for relationships, to commune with God, to live at peace with ourselves and to connect with the people that are around us. And so these questions we have, these desires we have to feel loved and to feel cherished and wanted to realise that we do actually belong in community, that we do actually have a place in our families, are in fact by God's own design and by God's own purpose. And really, it reflects the very nature of God himself, a God that lives in relationship as Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And so this desire to belong, this need to feel loved, is simply more than just a primal and a sort of biological thing. It's actually a cognitive and a physical and a spiritual need that we're hardwired to crave, to love, to be loved and to belong. To be in a community where we seek to encourage one another and support one another and pray, to lift each other up in times of joy and hardship and to dwell in unity as the scriptures urge us to time and time again. And it really is a beautiful picture of what God has always intended his creation to look like and for the relationships that he seeks for us as his ambassadors in this world to reflect to those who might not yet know or understand his love. But we all know that this world is a very broken and a very hurting place. And it's a place which, if we're really honest, is permeated with the stench of sin. And we hear all too many stories about this pure and innate desire to seek love and to belong being twisted and manipulated by the one who comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. Research, recent research studies are revealing that loneliness is now actually on par with obesity and substance abuse as one of the biggest public health issues of our society. And modern day technology has meant that although we're more connected than ever, we're more isolated than we've ever been. Our relationships are becoming more and more superficial and shallow and far less rewarding and our identity is being eroded by our constant need to compare and compare and compare. And this self-worth that we once had, that we once believed that we had, is now being determined by the amount of likes that we get on any social media post, rather than the acceptance that we have in Jesus. Whether or not we might know it, this world is actually a really lonely place. And people are not feeling loved, let alone like they might actually belong somewhere. Beyond Blue says that current statistics are showing that 25% of Australians either have or currently do suffer from anxiety. And suicide continues to be one of the biggest killers of our young people. One in 10 people aged between the ages of 12 to 17 will self-harm, another one in 40 will attempt suicide. 
We cannot make any mistake here that isolation and loneliness are destroying our society. And they're shocking statistics. I was shocked when I read them. And this is the reality that we need to wake up to. Because if anything, these numbers show us that we were actually built for community and we were actually built to belong. You know, I've worked with people for a long time and I've worked in public health for long enough to have heard some devastating and horrendous stories. Stories of people whose desire to feel loved and desire to belong have been skewed and they've been taken advantage of and they've been hurt. I've heard stories of people compromising their values and their beliefs just to fit in. And as such, they're engaging in destructive relationships and destructive behaviours and activities just to feel loved or a sense of love. I've seen people engage, young people engage in such risk-taking behaviours just because that's what all your friends are doing. And next minute, I'm looking after a 16-year-old kid that's a paralysed child for the rest of his life. I've heard stories of controlling and abusive relationships and the, leaving the abused partner worthy and feeling as though they're not worthy of anything more than that. And the stories just go on and on and on. And so I wonder if I might ask, in your world, where do you sit with this reality? I wonder perhaps even in your own life, if I can probe a little bit further, what evidence might there be of these pure desires being skewed and manipulated and potentially taken advantage of. You know, I want to be really conscious when speaking on a platform like this, and I said the same thing this morning. You never know the stories of people in the room that you're speaking to. And I know that for myself, questions about love and belonging have been a real point of struggle for me. And so if anything that I've said today has triggered you or perhaps pointed to a reality that you're facing, I want to promise you what Jesus promised us, that grace upon grace is the offer to you. That in this world of, of brokenness and of hurting and where stories upon stories upon stories of misjudgment and of mistreatedness are on the rise, that Jesus says that he will overcome each and every one of your troubles through his life, his death and his resurrection. And he urges us to take heart that in time, he will make all things right. And so if you are sitting in this room tonight and you're feeling as though this is a part of your story, please speak to somebody because we would love to care for you and to love you in relationship as well. And so Jesus' life is the perfect gospel picture and image of how to love people wholly and how to instill a sense of true belonging into the lives of the people that he was in relationship with. And time and time again, we see Jesus in the Gospels, as we heard through the creative worship today, inviting people in, inviting in the sinner, seeking out the foreigner, calling out the outcast to come and sit next to him, pursuing the sick, looking for the sick, and inviting the women and the children to sit at his feet, where they have the best seat in the house to learn and hear from Jesus. Everyone else that society was happy to ignore, Jesus invited to himself. And we get a glimpse of the heart of Jesus in Matthew chapter 9, where we read of Jesus going around about to all the different towns and villages. He was teaching in their synagogues and preaching the good news of the kingdom. He was healing every kind of disease and every sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them 
because they were distressed and they were dejected and they looked like shepherd without a sheep. And so Jesus said to his disciples that the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest and send out workers into this harvest. As you go through the gospel story, you see that Jesus' willingness, his life was marked, sorry, by his willingness to receive the broken and the downtrodden and to love them all the same as a child of God. And his ability to invite the regular man, the regular woman and the regular child into kingdom activity gave them a sense of hope. And it reminded them that regardless of the situation that you see, the messiness that your life might be, there is something greater going on and you can play a part in it. And not only could they play a part in it, but its movement and its growth and its spread was actually dependent on people receiving the invitation and accepting the invitation. And so they belonged. And so for us now living on the other side of the cross, we've been gifted the Holy Spirit to spur us on in this work towards the new kingdom of belonging that Jesus promised us during his time on earth and that we read about throughout his ministry. That promise is that despite the messiness that we see in life, the messiness that might be around us, he is still bringing us into a future where everybody can belong. And we gain a picture of this in Revelation 21, where we see a picture of the kingdom where there is no more brokenness, where everything is pure, and where there is no more hurt or pain in our relationships. It says from verse 3, Then I heard a loud voice from the throne, Look! God's dwelling is with humanity and he will live with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and will be their God and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, pain, crying will be no more because the previous things have passed away. I wonder what part of that story excites you. I wonder what of those kingdom ideals you can't wait to see and to be a part of. You know, we aren't called to be just hearers of the good news, but to be doers of the word, to be active participants in bringing about this new kingdom and living out our lives as kingdom people here and now. And so I want to pose the question to you today and ask, what ways can you live as a kingdom person here and now? Are there ways that you might be able to give more generously or perhaps serve more faithfully? I wonder who it is that you might be able to invest in, who you could come alongside and read the Bible with or shepherd or mentor. This next generation is coming up before our eyes and they have brains of sponges. And so I wonder how you might be able to impact the next generation. What it is, what your legacy is that they could pick up. I wonder how we could uplift and encourage one another. For some, I wonder if there's an offer of reconciliation or restoration that you could offer in a relationship where there is still brokenness. What ways are you being challenged by the Holy Spirit to live out your life like a kingdom person? We gain another picture. I've used picture a lot tonight, but we do gain another picture in Revelation 12 in Romans 12, rather, where we read where it says, for just as everyone has one body and many members, all these members do not have the same function. And so in Christ, though many form one body and each member belongs to the others. 
And we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy, if it's in accordance with your faith. And if it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. And if it's to give, then do it generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. And if it's to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. I wonder what your part in the body of Christ at RBC, you might find yourself. I wonder where your gifts and your talents may lie, the ones that are seen and perhaps the ones that are unseen. Is there an area where you could press in this year and where you might be able to show the gifts and the talents that God has granted you? And so I want to invite us to a call of response today and to respond to the invitation both personally and collectively. And if you've been prompted or challenged by God um, to take action, if you're a part of this church, if you've been prompted by God to take action, then I really want to encourage you to speak to a mentor or a leader here about what that challenge might be as someone who might be able to hold you accountable and spur you on towards action. And it's no lie that a large part of us preaching this sermon series at Ross Trevor is focused around membership and choosing to be a part of the family at RBC. And if God is challenging you to commit to RBC as your local church, then I'd really like to encourage you to consider formal membership. And I know that sounds a bit crazy, but not as an act of legalism or some big tick of the box, but actually as an, as an act of obedience and of service and of ownership of your faith and the call that God has given us to, to belong to a local church. The hub by the entrance to the auditorium up the back there is a great place to find out some more information and I'd really love to encourage you to go there to find out some more info about membership if that's what you'd like to do. And so as we come to this new series of membership, my heart and prayer for this community as my family, as my local church family, is that we would have soft hearts that are willing to hear and to see the places and the spaces where God is opening up the door for you where he's granting you a place to invest and to serve and to grow and to give. And just as the worship team come back up now, in my preparation for this sermon this week, I found myself looking at lots of different poems and lots of different artistry because love and belonging is one of those things that an artist can really put their own special spin on. And I found myself looking at Christian poet Morgan Harper Nichols' Instagram page. And if you don't know her, she's a wonderful artist who, during COVID, really um, allowed her gifts to come out. And she wrote some beautiful poems during that time. And recently, she just um, announced, I suppose, to her social media following that she's actually just received a diagnosis of autism, adult autism which for her has been a great struggle because she has found it really hard to understand love and really hard to know where it is that she belonged because she was different, but nobody believed that she was different. And she writes a beautiful poem about belonging that I'd love to read over you. So would you stand with me and I'd love to read this poem over you as we come to worship. She writes this. On this road of longing, may you find belonging in the arms of grace and never be the same. For it is here you will find that you will be loved as you are, that you will be seen as you are, but you will not be left as you are. For you have been invited to go on this journey of shaping into who you were meant to be, an original work of art. So through all you are feeling and all your inner longing, 
May your soul find comfort and peace in belonging. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you and we bless your name. We ask, Lord, that you would be working in this community to make us one that loves and one that extends an invitation of belonging. I pray, Jesus, that you would help us to reflect more of your heart and more of your character and more of your nature into our local community here. May we be known by the way that we love people, by the way that we care for people, and by the way that we shine your light into the brokenness of our small corner of the world. I thank you, Jesus, that at your name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you, in fact, are Lord and Lord over our brokenness. And I just pray for those tonight that might be struggling and suffering with a sense of devalue or mistreatedness. I just pray, Lord, that in your goodness and your mercy that you would meet us where we are tonight. I thank you that our realities don't scare you away or frighten you. And I thank you that you are actually a big enough God to sit with us during those times to love and to understand and to care and comfort for us and to us. And so I pray, Lord, as we continue throughout this series of membership throughout March, I pray, Jesus, that you would be softening our hearts and opening up our ears, that we would be, re that we would be willing to receive the challenge that you have for us, but also the love that you also want to bestow on us. I pray, Jesus, that you would seal this time in your Holy Spirit and that we would be able to rest in the knowledge that you are a good God, regardless of the brokenness that we see in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening, and we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If this message has impacted you in some way, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us through The Hub online at thehub.rbc.org.au or through our social media links in the show notes. See you next time.